everybody. Welcome to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. We're not too far away from when we did our last one. It is December 23rd right now, but we're getting this one out of the way because next week is the holidays and we already know what the schedule is. And Lee's working an afternoon shift and I'm working a night shift. So on the crossover, we're going to talk about porgs for 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) The baton is the show. Yeah. The show? The show? Is this a show or is this a podcast? This radio show? (laughs) This old-timey radio broadcast? (coughs) I texted Andrew and I said, we're just going to do this at the last minute, but we're just going to talk about Star Wars for the whole show, so we'll see you next time. (laughs) And he was okay with that. Well, he saw the new movie and liked it. He did, yeah. And it's funny, because somebody popped up on Twitter or Facebook, I don't know, and made a disparaging remark about Ryan Johnson. And I said, well, you might want to skip the next episode then, too, because we're probably just going to say nice things about Ryan Johnson. You know, we'll mention stuff going on at the Mayfair as well, but especially this annual now event of a Star Wars movie. Well, I hope they push Han Solo to Christmas. It would seem so perfect. Yeah. They, they had so much time off. The family, I've seen it five times. <laughs> Three times with my son, but you know, it was nice yesterday. I took my wife's family. And uh, yeah, it's fun seeing it with all kinds of cats that you, you know, only come to Ottawa at Christmas. So yeah, I want Han Solo to be pushed to Christmas. And right now, I think it's up against Avengers. Okay, like, yeah. Why would Disney do that? <laughs> It's, well, yeah, I thought that was already like in the summertime, so it seemed like they had a good rotation now of, mm-hmm. especially now they own everything, but it was like a, a Marvel movie, a Pixar movie, a Star Wars movie, and yeah. kind of in a rotation. Don't F it up. Yeah. But Bob Iger seems to know what he's doing. He yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll say, too, on the off chance that you haven't seen it yet, we might, we're just going to talk about Star Wars, so we're totally going to spoil some stuff, but, you know, okay. save this and listen to it afterwards. This is the first I've heard of this about the podcast, but I'm ready. It's so funny because whenever something big comes out, there's always someone who hates it. Mm. And I'm always like, that's fine. Like, everything's not for everybody. And there's stuff that was big in my youth, important to me, like, say, you know, dumb stuff, but like Transformers. And I saw Transformers 1 and didn't really like it. I saw Transformers 2 and kind of hated it. So I didn't see 3 and 4 and Uh 5. But I also didn't send Michael Bay death threats and Mm. don't spend my free time on websites writing angry diatribes it's the worst of nerddom when it's that that yeah. ownership you all know? that all that stuff actually makes the film better yeah <laughs> because you know how you know what what ryan went for you know everyone thought because of the way force awakens ended they knew what this movie was going to be yeah we're going to find out ray's parents you know luke's going to say something really amazing to ray when he gets his lightsaber yeah we're going to find out who snoke is you know and it's just going to go down the pipe like the original series and and it and the best thing about it, it doesn't do that at all. Right. All that stuff that they, people thought were important about Star Wars, he throws out the window. And now I th- I'm really excited for nine because I have no idea where it's going. And that's 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 a really great thing about it. it like it, nine can be anything now. And anything that some people and and I really haven't read a lot of <coughs> critiques because I've got better things to do with my time. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that people were mad about some people were mad about the way Luke was written or stuff like that. When the movie finished, I liked it. And then the more that it sat with me, mm-hmm. I really liked it. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a nerd. Like, mm-hmm. it really, it was like, wow, that was really interesting. Yeah. It's it better the more you see it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and especially Luke's character, I thought, was very akin to crazy old Obi-Wan living in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. as a hermit. and kind of Yeah. And kind of akin to somebody you might see in a samurai movie. Notice the door in his hut? No, I didn't. It's this cool little thing that I only would have known. There's a new, there's a book, that, so the... 
Star Wars comes out on Thursday. On Friday morning, I got up, went to buy the soundtrack. Right. The soundtrack came out the next day. And the art of Star Wars, which is all the design work. So I wouldn't have even noticed this if it wasn't for the book. But when I went to see it the second time with Max, and Max is like, see, the door in Luke's hut is, is part of the wing for the X-Wing fighter. Oh, cool. It's really dirty brown, but if you look, you can see it's a, it's a dirty white, and you, you can see the red lines. So Chewie kicks it down. But uh, that, that's kind of fun detail that you pick up when you see it again and again. And right, again. yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> and Sabacc. I don't, like, do you know much about Sabacc? No, I know, I know the mythology of it, but I don't know how to play it or anything. Right, so... It's the you know the dice that seems so important that you see in episode one. That's our four. Yeah. A new hope. You see it like dangling, and Chewie's always hitting his head off the dice. It seems to be could be a big part of this movie. All of a sudden, the dice reminds everyone of Han. Luke gives it the layout, reminder of her of Han, and you know, and, and that's those are the dice. Apparently, the backstory is that's how he won the Falcon throwing those dice, yes. and he hangs them up to remind him how he won it from Lando, and then. I think I'm not 100% sure about this but you know when they go to the Kanto by Casino and the Red yes. Plume and the guy's throwing dice I think he's playing like a high end game of Sabacc for a third of a second I thought Lando <coughs> was going to show up yeah. in that casino scene I was right. like oh Lando's the guy I know it's funny everyone's like where's Lando and they're always asking Ryan he's like sorry we couldn't fit him in the real answer is that he's a drunk yeah, he's always drunk, and there's no way they're gonna let him on a two two hundred fifty million dollars set. Always inebriated. <laughs> well, it, 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 there's some legitimacy to <coughs> it's a two hour plus movie, mm-hmm. and there's a million characters in the universe, and you can't fit them all in. And sometimes yeah. it's just for the script. Like, and know. everyone's so mad about Captain Phasma hardly being in the movie. Who cares about Captain Phasma? Yeah, I love now that she's finally dead, so we don't have to fit a scene in for her. For I like time. that it follows the long-running tradition of really built-up villains who don't do yeah. anything. Because yeah. I love Boba Fett. But what's yeah. Boba Fett do? He kind of captures Han, and then he falls in a pit. That's He's got a cool <laughs> costume. Yeah. Captain Phasma has a cool costume, and that's it. Yeah. It, it, I like Gwendolyn Christie. And... It fell with that tradition of Star Wars characters who get cool yes. action figures and comic book series, yeah. but don't really do anything. Yeah, and I just like Ryan Johnson kills her. I was like, good. Yeah, I mean, I love that scene. Yeah, I love Finn in that scene. I love what BB-8 does with the ATST. Um, but yeah, I'm glad she's gone. Just because you can shut the fans up. It's like it's not yeah. about Phasma. Read the Phasma book, which apparently is excellent. I always think anytime a movie like this comes out, it's it might seem like oh everyone hates it, but it's not. It's that people who like it kind of just go oh that was good or oh, I really like that yeah. and people who are angry have the loudest voices and spare time on their hands yeah. and they're the ones writing the ang- you know fire Ryan Johns all this kind of silly stuff my least, least favorite person in the world now is not terrorists right. or thieves yeah, 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 yeah. or muggers it's Star Wars fans who hate Star Wars yeah in the casino scene uh, I'm sorry everyone asked me did you notice at the end of the movie that Robert Altman's movie The Long Goodbye it's credited at the end. The theme song is credited. Oh, I totally like, didn't notice that. No. John Williams has always wrote just original music, and there's never been anything sourced out from another movie. Right. But for some reason, Long Goodbye at the end of the movie is credited. And uh, and I saw it. I'm like, yeah, well, John Williams wrote the score for Long Goodbye oh, for okay. Robert Altman's film four years before Star Wars came out. And Star Wars is the first time he worked with a big orchestra. And the Long Goodbye is a stellar score, but it's not huge. Anyway... I was. I always just assumed, thinking it must be had inspired the music in the Canto Bike Casino sequel. But you actually hear it That's when, funny. when the horses, the space horses, space horses, when yeah. Rain and Rain Rose are on that horse. I love Rose when they go through the Canto Bike Casino. 
they crash through the, the window. And so halfway through, there's a close-up of a champagne glass, a really tight shot of a champagne, and the champagne inside is like rumbling. And all the music is dropped out, and if you listen in the background, you can hear the theme song for Robert Altman's best movie, <laughs> The Long Goodbye. And yeah. I thought that was so fun that John Williams did that. You know, I know yeah. he didn't want to do the music for the Mascanata sequence and, and gave it to someone else. So when Ken and the Count of Bite, he probably felt a little out of his out of his rage. But he's like, I did something similar, maybe, yeah. with when I did The Long Good Friday. The Long Goodbye, sorry. Yeah, I was I was really impressed. And, and I think it's, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If, if the same person didn't like J.J. Star Wars because it was too nostalgic or too yeah, close oh, yeah. to the thing... Then this goes the other way, and they complain again, and it's just like, well, I think that's a, that's been the case since the prequels. I think the prequels oh, sure. yeah. proved that before, yeah, because everyone complained that the Force Awakens, sorry, yeah, the Force Awakens was just a rehash, not a remake, but a you know a, a redo of, of New Hope, and it's like, so what would undo that? New planets, new characters, new spaceships. Is that what you wanted in Star Wars? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, well, there was three of those. <laughs> yeah. Episodes one, two, and three, and you hated that. And Force Awakens is the way it is because you hated the prequels. It's a breed of fan who's not everybody, but a breed yeah. of fan. And it's the same in other type of things, like even sports, right? Mm-hmm. Where your team goes on a losing streak and you're booing them and throwing your stuff on the ice for you hate your team all of a sudden. Yeah. And then they go on a 10 game winning streak and you're like, I love you guys again. Mm-hmm. So it's very fickle. Fanhood, no matter of what type of, of a band of a, of a TV show, you know. Yeah, I've only seen people hating on it online. I've never. Oh yeah. I've talked to so many people who love it, especially women. Women love this. Oh movie. yeah. And yeah, it's nice. It's nice talking to people. You know, when you share and enjoy. Oh, it's a Star Wars movie. All you have to do is sit there for two and a half hours and smile. And if you can't do yeah. that, and Christmas is gonna suck. And I get so into it that I swear, I in the back of my head, I forgot that Luke was coming back. Yeah. And I was so invested in. Poe's opening scene that then when it went back to Luke I was like oh yeah Luke Skywalker's in this movie and I just I can get lost in it and you find out where blue milk comes from yeah and that scene I like too because at first I kind of was like oh maybe this is a bit too goofy but then I swear I remember a scene in like an old western or a samurai movie where you're trying to show this eccentric loner Mm -hmm. and there's a scene of a cowboy drinking milk right from the cow or something like that and that's what reminded me of of that kind of like a master grossing out a student because they're just you know eating something weird well it goes to the point where Ray says you should you, I, you have time to train me and I've seen your day you've got <laughs> yeah. nothing to do but also it's like Neil Scan- Scanlon's a genius he created this incredibly large three large real puppets and yeah thank you yeah it's like in Force Awakens when Finn goes to drink out of the water sloth with the big pig yeah yeah and with five people inside and the air conditioner coming out of his asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah like more Neil Scanlon the better I love when he goes fishing too I want to go fishing like that on Skelegata when I go I asked a friend of mine who has a great little nerd kid and I was like I just want to know if she liked it yeah. and she did and like really liked it and he said he noticed for the first time her going into a movie hoping she was going to like it yeah but she was all invested, really loved it. We were texting back and forth, and he said, I'm happy she loved it because these new movies, they're not for us necessarily. They're for her and the next yeah. generation. And it's not about pandering to grouchy middle-aged fans. It's about making new ones. Yes. And I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, It's like yeah. comic books right now, they're getting better. There's always steps you could take. Better and better about being diverse, more female mm-hmm. characters, more characters from different places. And you'll always get somebody in a letter column at the back saying that it's forced diversity. And you're like, no, because I was just saying today, having this conversation of, I look at my cousin's college 
volleyball team. And there's her, a, a young white Canadian lady. Mm -hmm. But then around her is a black kid and an Asian kid and a kid from India. And it's just diverse. And that's just a random school in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So if that's how people's groups look, that's why movies look like this well, now. Well, kids don't notice diversity. Oh, that's true, yeah. They don't notice that Finn and, and Rose are two different ethnicities. They're just two cool kids. Exactly. Two cool characters. We notice that. Yeah. But kids don't. Because you look at... <coughs> a New Hope and it's it's not because George Lucas was racist it's because that was just the time the doing it in England it was a bunch of the, the reason why everyone in Star Wars is British and evil is because that was the talent pool available mm -hmm. unfortunately a lot of old white guys and you see as the films went on that got a bit better and a bit better and he made red tails you can't say anything yeah <laughs> he tried to do <laughs> oh red tails I have that on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. I'm the only person the you'll one. ever meet who has that on Blu-ray. I like the effects, but it's one of a lousy movie. It's kind of like The Room Yeah, Star Wars. It had the best of intentions. Yeah. Yeah. In conclusion, we both really liked Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I can't wait to see it again. A lot. And I love listening to people and talking to strangers. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sitting beside strangers. I'll talk to them before and after the movie. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun meeting people in bars. I'm going yeah. clubbing just to meet people who've seen Star Wars and like it. Yeah, I met people here selling tickets today. It's like, oh, I saw Star Wars last night. It's so good. It's fun talking about it. I kind of try to avoid, you know, no one, I, I haven't met anyone who's hated on it yet. But yeah. even, even, I remember with Rogue One, every, you know, most people were pissed off that everyone died at the end of Rogue One. I was like, what? That's your criticism? Yeah. <laughs> you, so can't you just, you're not going to enjoy Christmas if that's your real <laughs> opinion of Star Wars. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it here for March break or whatever yes. we can get. Yes, it. March break, probably. If, yeah. there's, if there's any money to be left made on that, yeah. it's making a shit ton of money. I'd rather that all the movies coming out now for the rest of the year are in trouble. Well, I loved the last week. It was number one with a couple hundred million dollars. And number two was the animated movie Ferdinand Yeah, at like three million dollars. For the whole time? For, for the whole week. And yeah. like that was, that's quite <coughs> the gap between number one and number two. Yeah. $245 yeah. million dollars or yeah. whatever it was. So yeah, like... We've talked about this before, but that's why the multiplex isn't the death of the Mayfair. It's because they've got Star Wars on eight screens. Yeah, great. Let them. <laughs> Good. And that's why we can get Lady Bird. Yes, and that's why we and can disaster get Disaster already. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's crazy that we got that movie already. You know what? It's funny. When I when Force Awakens ended, and I really liked Force Awakens, I couldn't wait to see the further adventures of Finn and Rey and Kylo Ren. And one of the last new characters I thought about, even though I did like him in the movie, I just didn't care. I didn't think it would go anywhere. Is Poe. And I love Poe in the new one. Like, oh, yeah. It's Poe's movie. And he was supposed to die at the end of Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and the original script said, please hang, hang, hang on. I'd love to hang on. He's like, die in every movie I make. And Poe is probably the best star pilot now. Oh, he's so like, good. In the relationship so with his scene. droid. And, yeah. yeah, and he rubs BB-8's belly. And yeah. I, liked, I liked how he fought with Laura Dern and Carrie Fisher a lot. And that but, twist with Laura Dern's character and, yeah. and Poe's growing up, kind of, and everything. Yeah. Oh, it was very well done. It was Laura, a very good script. Laura Dern goes through yeah. all the shifts. I, I love it. The, the audio drops out. It's just like in Attack of the Clones when yeah. the slave almost dropping the bombs. The audio completely drops out for like a couple of seconds. And every time I see it, I can hear people in the audience go, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's children in this theater, but some adult's going to yell a four-letter word that kids shouldn't yeah. hear. I love it. It's really effective little bit in the movie. Yeah. Oh, it was good. Okay, so... Good three-act play of that movie. It was, yeah. Let's chat about... So as I said, we're recording this. Don't forget your disaster artist beer. Because no. someone's going to steal it from the works here. I'm so, looking at him like, Josh, no, don't I, leave it there. I'm going to take that. So Someone's going to take it and not tell you about it. We got 
Sarah or someone. Sarah, yeah. Some, the some, nicest kid working here is going to be a total jerk to you. I turn around to some customer just drinking it really fast. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to totally... Yeah, I'm not going to forget my disaster artist beer. Signed by Greg Sestero. Yeah. Speaking of, December 29th to January 4th. That's when this podcast is going to come out, sometime before that. We got the disaster artist crazy early. We got it before 2017 Thank ended. <laughs> Thank you, Star Wars. Another reason to love The Last Jedi. Honestly, though. They, Pe- people are very excited. We have it for... Almost a full week. You think people they, are going to come? I think so. They better. I, you know what what I do you think, think about their regulars, like the seniors? Are they going to come see the 6.30 shows? Well, it's, I think I said this on the last podcast. Sometimes you have a podcast and it's a blur of whether I just said this to you in real life or not. Yeah. But I was working matinee two weeks ago, and three different women of a certain age, over like 65 or yeah. so, all asked about Disaster Artist. All were clearly not interested in throwing spoons, yeah. but they had said they seen something on CBC or read an article so I think it's going to attract that it's going to be interesting that already online somebody was saying and I I kind of nicely scolded them and was like don't be like that person who doesn't like a band anymore just because they get famous Um, you can still come to the midnight show in January and throw your spoons but the same with best friends it's you know you're not going to come and scream at the screen for disaster artist it's like the warm-up. Like, you come yeah. and watch that, then you can come scream later. So many good movies playing. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, like, the Call Me, Call Me By Your Name, Wonder Wheel, Disaster Artist. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So many. So, yeah, so this week is Disaster Artist, Lady Bird for another week, which is great, then Murder on the Orient Express. A lot of these will carry over because Lee did a bunch of advanced programming just because the way the holidays fell. Yeah, no one's even going to reply to me. <laughs> yeah, so if you go look online, you can find... The next few weeks, if you're listening to this, the end of 2017, starting December 29th, it's Disaster Artist, Lady Bird, Murder on the Orient Express, and then a couple of family matinees of Nutjob 2, which makes me laugh because its subtitle is Nutty by Nature, and the My Little Pony movie, all of which will be back. So it's Nutjob and then My Little Pony afterwards. That'll be on next week's schedule as well. So we have some kid stuff in there. I want to see... Did you see Murder on the Orient Express? I did. I went to see it because Daisy Ridley was in it. Yeah, so I'm going to I went to see that. Eagle Huntress because Daisy yes. Ridley was narrating it. I only went to see it because of Daisy Ridley. I was interested. It's her Corvette Summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did well enough that it's garnering a sequel, which I didn't think it did that well, but they're... Well, at the end of the movie... They're doing another one. At the end of the movie, yeah. It sets it up. So between end of December and early January... We have a couple of encore screenings of The Room, which counts as its 100th month still. We've shown it so many times now. I know. we gotta, It's got to go back to once a month. Yeah, and then January... For a cleaner sake. January 1st and 2nd are back-to-back with Disaster Artists. So not a double bill, but you can just come see them both. And then a late, late show on January 6th. So that's a crazy amount of The Rooms in the past mm-hmm. couple months between Greg visiting, Disaster Artists coming out. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but I, I think Disaster Artist is going to attract, you know, the normals. It's going to attract... Uh, well, yeah, I hope so. You haven't seen it yet. No, I'm going to come see it. And the Mayfair is at the very end. Yeah. When when Tommy and Greg, and you feel you finally see Tommy do his own Greg's hysteria at the end of the movie, getting on stage in front of a movie theater audience. That's the Mayfair. Yeah. It goes by really quick, but you can see our shitty yellow curtains. I'll yell it out. <laughs> That's us! <laughs> yeah. But he's been getting, besides for winning a bunch of awards, like he's already won or been nominated... For Gotham Awards, Spirit Awards, the book is doing really well right now. Yeah, I just I've been complimenting Tommy Wiseau's Twitter feed. It's very funny, and he's very positive lately, very inspiring in his weird Yoda speeches. Uh But on his Twitter feed, he posted that 
something crazy. Like, the DVD for The Room is number one on Amazon. The soundtrack, which I didn't even know existed, is number one in the soundtrack section. And Greg's book is number one in the paperback section. So that's... And considering that, you know, Tommy's not making any money off Disaster Artist, but he owns The Room. So all of those DVDs and soundtracks, all the CDs and DVDs being sold... That's the bulk of that money is going to Tommy. He's going to be able to afford a third belt. Yeah. <laughs> the way around. I want him to, I, I said to Gwen that I want this to go well because I want him to do his Dracula movie. And she's yes. like, he wants to do a Dracula movie? In and Ottawa. I was like, yep, that's, that's the rumor. In Ottawa. I want to be an extra in the Tommy Wiseau <laughs> Dracula movie that films in Ottawa. He's <laughs> hoping. But yeah, so it's, it's another busy week for us. So hopefully over the holiday season, people will drop by with the kids, see some matinees, drop by at night and see Disaster Artist a couple times. I think we might have some room aficionados who will come a couple times to see the Disaster Artist room double bill. And I've been saying over and over again that it's not a double bill and like it's not two for one. Right. It's buy two tickets, but you could stay. Buy a membership that both will cost you 12 bucks. That's nothing. Yeah. But I think it'll be very fun because 20 years ago, holy cow, 20 years ago, I watched Ed Wood and then... Glen or Glenda and Plan 9 right after it. It was a triple bill because it was in Vancouver and a theater that I don't think exists anymore. Right. And it was super fun to see it in that way, to see the foe behind the scenes and then see these two 65-minute movies where you see all the weird little flaws and Mm -hmm. the weird little things. So Yeah. So we've got some 9 o'clock shows of The Room coming up. Have you ever done that before? Did we do that when Tommy was here? I can't remember. I think we did that when Tommy was here. But during the week? No, I don't think yeah. so. I think it was like a Friday, Saturday yeah. kind of thing. We tried different things with the room. Yeah. The Oscars this March, is that, will that be our 10th year, 10th straight year of doing I, the Oscars? I guess so, yeah. And that's, that's crazy. The nominations for that must be any second now, right? January 23rd, I think. Oh, that's late. A month. So you've only got like a month between nominations and showtime. Well, they, they're, they're trying to make it shorter now because, you know, people can kind of tell who's going to win yeah. based on Vegas odds and stuff. And they're trying to... They're throwing in more nominations. They want it to be a bit of a surprise. They succeeded last year was a total surprise. Yeah. That La La Land didn't win when they thought. Oh, my God. They can't. More of those. <laughs> Everybody backstage is going to be so... Like, they're going to rehearse the hell out of that. They're going to... It's such a silly thing. Just don't thing. let old people read the cards. Well, and it's such a silly thing to... Not have somebody... Warren Beatty. Don't no. invite Warren yeah, Beatty. Yeah, don't hit back. They want to keep the mystery and, oh, we, nobody knows. I'm like, yeah. yeah, just let one person know. And then they can make sure that no screw-ups happen. Or, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't let Warren Beatty do it again. Yeah. Because you, you could see the mistake happening when and when you see the, the replays. Yeah. And you could see where it could have been fixed, where all they had to do was stop and go, oh, I'm sorry, I have an envelope for Emma Stone. I have the wrong envelope. Everybody would have stopped, got the right envelope, bam. But instead, this weird thing of reading... This perfection lo- happened. Yeah. <laughs> a magical night. Yeah. And those people who left the Mayfair before realizing. People, yeah. when that was announced, <laughs> left. Like, so many. And they would find out in the morning that what they missed the best part of the Oscars ever. And really, awards are, a, you know, a silly thing. But it really felt like something crazy happened. Like, there was a buzz in the air of, <laughs> oh my god, this is wrong. And a real buzz in, in our audience. So... I'm hoping this, it's, I don't want to jinx them, but I think Disaster Artist has a shot at Best Adapted Screenplay yep. and Best Actor. I think Best Picture, because they'll, they'll nominate 10 films. I hope they do. In the last couple of years, they only did like seven or eight. It'll probably be in there, but it'll never win. Yeah. They should do 10 every year. What's going to win Best Picture this year? Oh, uh, I don't know. The Spielberg movie, maybe? 
Oh, you think? All journalism and... Well, he's already won two Oscars, Best Director. Yeah, I don't know. The Post? Yeah. So the Phantom Threat's going to be good. So yeah, you got the Spielberg movie, The Post. What is Oscar-y this year? Phantom oh, Threat. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Does Lady Bird have a shot? Yeah. Yeah, Lady Bird has a shot. And, and I think Florida Project. Oh, yeah. They need to re-release it. Yeah. More people need to see that. More people have to see the Florida Project like the, like the way Lady Bird's being watched. Right. It needs to be that big. Wonder Wheel. Wonderstruck, too. Wonderstruck was great. Yeah. And it just went away, and you can't. It's not playing anywhere. Yeah, and it's always that movies released on Christmas Day often don't get a wide release till a bit later, and it's that Oscar trick. They want to just sneak in there under yeah. the radar. I bet you Get Out will be nominated. I hope so. Oh, I love Get Out. Really? Yeah, you didn't like I'm Get Out. I'm the only one. I don't know. Uh, any, I'm the only one who hated. I thought it was like The Room. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Get Out, and I admit that I'm a sucker for. I'm a sucker at turning my brain off. I, I'm never gonna guess. Who Kaiser Soze was at the end of the movie? Right, ever. No, me neither. But I watched Get Out, and there was like two or three times that there was a twist, and I just it blew my little mind. They need to watch it again, I guess. So I think it could have a shot at best original script, maybe or something like that. It won a couple of the smaller awards. Wonder Woman. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I think it could be like the Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, this yeah. Year. Especially with the ten. That's what I like about the ten is that. Mm. I believe the first year with the 10 was when Toy Story 3 got a nomination, yeah. and that would never would have happened on 5. And I remember that year, and I can't remember off the top of my head what the 10 were, mm-hmm. but that year, Toy Story 3 was my favorite movie in that list. Not the best necessarily, but right. my favorite. I was like, that's what I would vote for. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, something weird's going to happen where people... Because it's just like, it's like high school politics. People vote for movies they haven't seen. People vote for their friends. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, something weird's going to happen and... Get Out's going to win Best Picture. Yeah, Get Out's going to win Best Picture. It's just mad. Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think Patty Jenkins will be up for Best Director. I hope so, yeah. It's interesting. I always forget, and it's like, it's very rare nowadays that something from January or February gets mm-hmm. nominated. It's stuff. Yeah. And that, and that's why awards are fun, and I enjoy watching them, but they don't really mean anything to me. Sometimes they mean something in the box office, because it'll garner mm-hmm. attention, and people will say, oh, that one's something I'm going to go... But it doesn't change my mind about a movie I love when it doesn't get anything. Right. All those Scorsese movies that didn't get any nominations don't don't seem any lesser to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially Golden Globes. They're all weirdos. They're always wrong and jaded. And, and it's like... Yeah, I, I never watch the Golden Globes. Yeah. Never, ever. <laughs> I haven't read a book about it, but I know there's a couple that point out that, like... Yeah, it's people being paid off yeah. to vote. And that's it's why everyone... old people want to hang out with celebrities. Yeah. At the Beverly Hilton... And like a Johnny Depp movie that nobody likes will win mm. Best Actor, and you're like, "What, really?" And that's why, because they all got a nice yeah. dinner and you know a hotel room, and yeah, like, yeah there you go. <laughs> Did they have the host for the Oscars this year? I forget. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> David Letterman. Oh, I wish. <laughs> that's another example of liking something that everyone else seemed to hate. I remember that finishing and going like that was good and the next yeah, day this like yeah. anger in the streets I was like I thought Dave did fine I don't know I the Phantom Menace of Oscars <laughs> yeah but um, yeah so stay tuned like I said go look at our website now I'm a bit behind I, I got one paper schedule done and printed up the next one I don't really need to do quite yet but I'm going to do sometime soon but we've got the bulk of January online which is very rare so for better or for worse we're stuck with what we have online right now mm-hmm. go visit our friends at House of Targ they got a bunch of cool holiday season stuff going on yeah come see Disaster Artist that's what I'm most excited about <laughs> I want to see the Mayfair up on the big screen yes by the time you listen to this everyone will have had a happy Christmas hope everyone has a good New Year's and we'll see you again soon here at the Mayfair uh, Lee's gonna go and make the dangerous trek home through the dark snow yes, to Orleans right down. now Innes and I hate Innes especially the day before Boxing Day or day before Christmas Eve yes yeah, so let's wrap this up 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Go check out all our social media, and uh, we'll see you again soon here at the Mayfair. Thanks. It's the car of a lifetime. It took him all year to build it. Now I'm going to drive that thing right up to General Motors' front door. One night to lose it. Hey, that's my car! You stole my car! And the whole summer to get it back. MGM presents Corvette Summer. Somebody stole my Stingray and the word's out it's in Vegas. You've got a Corvette? Starring Mark Hamill, who's back from Star Wars. Oh, yeah! And Annie Potts, who's out of this world. You're gonna spend the night, comprende, amigo? If he knew as much about girls as he does about cars, he wouldn't be so nervous. You love them dead, sailor. Let me see what you got. Sure. And if she knew as much about cars as she does about boys, what do you drink? she wouldn't be so jealous. Motor oil? And if you knew as much as they know about this candy apple metal flake Corvette, you'd be chasing it too. I'm helping you, dope. I'm helping you find your car. You run up against a car thief, be liable to wind up at the bottom of Lake Mead. Keys into fast cars. Why don't you write a letter to the car? Dear car. She's into black velvet. Beg your pardon? I Wow! Together, they find you love. You have no right to take me anywhere! Excitement. Oh, and danger. Oh. On the trail of a stolen Corvette. Stop this car! Stop it! I'm getting out! Oh, no, you're not! It's the girl, the car, and the time that separates the men from the boys. Corvette Summer. It's a terrific car. A fiberglass romance.